This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And Abraham carries the knife, and Isaac carries the wood, and all the while, as they're going along and as he's responded to Isaac, Abraham is consumed with this, this, this thought, God is going to provide. And it all goes, and, and when we think about that, God providing, and you think about Leviticus 17.11, this is really a verse about God providing. Leviticus 17.11, which says, the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you. I have provided it for you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it's the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. See, God in essence was saying there, look, you have sinned. You need, oh, you really need blood for an atonement. And you don't have that blood for an atonement. So I'll give you the blood for the atonement. It reminds me of my, my, my Japanese friends, uh, Mitoku, his wife, and Tikendo, the husband, and before they were married in Japan, Tikendo decided to take Motoko out to a very nice, expensive restaurant in Japan. And some, and I've been to some of these restaurants, some of these very nice restaurants, they don't put prices on the menu, okay? <laughs> they just think that's too offensive, you know? And so they don't put prices on the menu. And so they had this wonderful dinner together, Mitoko and Tekendo. And then the waiter comes and he presents the bill to Tekendo, and Tekendo turns white. <laughs> he doesn't have the money to pay for this. You know? And so Matoko, she's watching the Tekendo there, and she realizes he doesn't have the money to pay for this. Yeah? And so under the table, Matoko slips him the money. <laughs> to pay the bill, she provided the money to him. That's what God did for us. Like Matoko, God saw our pain. He saw that there's no way that they can pay the price of their sins. And so he provided God himself. He provided God became a man and to die on the cross for our sins. That was the payment. That was 
the ransom, that was the ransom that was required. A ransom was needed to pay for our sins. And rich men, very rich men, they don't have enough to pay for this ransom. And that's what King David said in Psalm 49.6, Psalm 49.6, where he said, they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious and it ceases forever that he should still live forever and not see corruption. And so a ransom was needed and the good news is the gospel is God found a ransom. God found a ransom as it says in Job 33:24, Job 33:24. Then he is gracious unto him and saith, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. And the ransom that God found was himself. As it says in 1 Timothy 2.6, who gave him, 1 Timothy 2.6, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And the Lord Jesus even spoke of himself when he said in Matthew 20, 28, Matthew 20, 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And of course, in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1, 18, it speaks about our redemption for as much as you know, 1 Peter 1, 18, you are not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from the vain conversation received from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without spot, without blemish, without spot. So Isaac, he believes God is going to provide. And then we have this wonderful word, great word in Hebrew, echad, echad. That word appears twice, but the one we're focused on now is in verse eight, when it says, so they went, both of them together. He says, he says with his eyes, you're the lamb. Then he says, God's gonna provide. And then it says, they went, both of them together. That's the echad, echad is the composite unity. Echad is the word that appears in the most famous prayer in, the, in Judaism, in Deuteronomy 6, 4, the, the Shema, which really is a statement, like going back to this passage, it's a statement of the unity of the triune God, the unity of the triune God. When it says in Deuteronomy 6, 6 4, hear, O Israel, Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel, the Lord, it's really Yehovah, our God, Eloheinu, our Elohim, our plurality. Elohim's a plural word. Our plural God, our gods, our gods. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu, Yehovah Echad, Echad. They are one. They are one. They are one. And then Echad. So they are one. Why do we say that? Because. This passage here, when Isaac understood he was the sacrifice, then he was echad, he was one with Abraham. They went both of them together. They went echad together. They were together. They were in agreement. When the Lord Jesus Christ is going to give himself, the Father wants the, the, the Lord to give himself a sacrifice. The Spirit is going to assist all along the way, and the Lord Jesus is making the decision to make to become the sacrifice. They are echad. They are echad in this, just like Abraham and Isaac. And that's why that verse in Deuteronomy 6.4 is so vital that it has this word because it goes back to Genesis 22.8. Now in Genesis 22.9, it says they came to the place which God told them of, and now we get more details. Abraham builds an altar, he lays the wood in order, and he binds, he bound Isaac, his son, and lays him on the altar on the wood. He's building, he's built lots of altars in the past. This was an altar he's never built before to sacrifice his son. He lays the wood in order it's a very important detail. He doesn't just say, ah, throw the wood up. No, no, 
he carefully is laying the wood in order so that the flame will have the ventilation and it will grow up. And then it says, he bound Isaac, his son. When it says that Abraham bound Isaac, it means that he looked at those hands and tied them. He looked at those hands and bound them. He bound those precious hands. And he thought to himself, those precious little hands that as a baby clung to me for safety, I'm binding them now. Those precious little hands that as a little boy reached out to me so I would pick them up and give him the security and the embrace that he so wanted, I'm bounding him now. Those were, he bound the hands. Just like the hands of the Lord Jesus were bound on the cross by those nails. He's not looking at a shadow. He can't do this if he's looking at a shadow. And so then it says, we're not looking at a shadow. In verse 10, Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son. And in that verse, we see God the Father sacrificing God the Son. As it says in Isaiah 53.10, Isaiah 53.10, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Father to bruise the Son, God the Father, God the Son, and put him to grief. This is the very scene here that's referred to by Paul in Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32, when it says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Then the angel, the angel calls out to Abraham in verse 11. The angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said again, Hineni, here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. So he said, the angel of the Lord tells him to stop. But wait a second. This is strange. Because the angel's saying in verse 12, thou hast not withheld thy son from me. The angel says that Abraham did not withhold his son from him. But wait a minute. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. God was the one who asked him to sacrifice. And the angel said, you haven't withheld it from me. What can this mean? Only one thing. The angel is God. The angel is Jehovah God. The angel is Jehovah Jesus God. And so then, what happens in verse 13? It says that Abraham lifts up his eyes, and he looks, and behold, behind him, like it was there all along, he didn't see it. Behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering. A ram behind him with a crown of thorns on his head. And he sacrificed, and he sacrifices him in the stead of Isaac, in the stead of his son. The first time this is used in the Bible, in the stead of, in the place of. Isaac's sacrifice is suspended. And all of the saints, all the Old Testament saints, there's, there, 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 there's a suspension, suspension of the believers with, until that great sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, the great in the stead of sacrifice happens when he dies on the cross. And in the meantime, throughout all the Old Testament, there's the sacrifice of animals. And how, what is that about? That was the way those believers affirmed their belief. The great in the stead of sacrifice was coming when Jehovah, when Jehovah Jesus was gonna come and protect his own by his own sacrifice. 
and shelter them like Isaac was sheltered and protected, just like what happened when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, then he said in John 18.8, John 18.8, John 18.8, Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. What's he doing there? Take me instead of them. I am the great instead of sacrifice. Now, verse 13 says that the ram was behind Abraham, and Abraham had to turn around and see the ram and then take the ram to offer him. And before we're saved, we knew about Jesus. We knew about him. We knew the history, but we just kind of put him behind us, put him behind us. And like Abraham, we needed to turn around and see him behind us, see the Lord Jesus, and then like Abraham, take him as the great savior offering for sins, the great, the great one who died in the stead of us for our sins. Now Abraham speaks of the coming great sacrifice when he says in verse 14, Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said today, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Also not a great translation. That's the word provide there again. It's Jera. It's, it's again, it's appearing there. So he's really saying, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided, or he shall be provided. That's what he's saying. Now, Solomon comes along many years after this, and he builds the temple. He builds the temple. And where does he build the temple? It says in 2 Chronicles 3.1, 2 Chronicles 3.1, Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place where David prepared the threshing floor of Onan, Ornan the Jebusite. There's Mount Moriah within sight of Mount Calvary, where the great instead of sacrifice was made on the cross, was provided by God for, on the cross. So what have we done? Again, we're looking at the Torah gospel according to Moses and when we do this, it's like sitting down and going through a picture album. It's like we're sitting down, we're looking at a picture album. Each picture, we see a beautiful picture of God the Son, of Jehovah Jesus. And this passage that we've just looked at, it contains 11 what pictures of the Lord Jesus as the supreme sacrifice, the supreme instead of sacrifice. So there are 11 wonderful pictures in this, in this, in this Genesis 22 picture album of the gospel according to Moses. And so we open up the picture, we open up the book, we open up the album, and we come to the first picture. And the first picture is just as Abraham had the plan in his mind and in his heart that he was gonna sacrifice his son Isaac, so it was in the heart and the mind of God the Father to give God the Son, Jehovah Jesus, as a sacrifice for our sins. As it says in Psalm 40, verse seven, Psalm 40, verse seven, the Lord speaking, then said I, the Lord Jesus, then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it's written of me. I delight to do thy will, O God. O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. And then as it says of him in 1 John 4, 9, 1 John 4, 9, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his son, his only begotten son, into the world that we might live through him. Hearing his love, not that we loved, sent his son, 
to be the propitiation for our sins. And then we step back and we turn the next page. And we turn the next page and we see the second picture of just as Abraham made all the preparation for the sacrifice of his son Isaac, so it was that God the Father who prepared a body for the Lord Jesus so that he could be sacrificed. And then when he came into the world, the Lord Jesus said in Hebrews 10.5, Hebrews 10.5, wherefore when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And then in Galatians 4.4, Galatians 4.4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. And so then we turn to the next page, and then we see the third picture of just as there was a close love between the father Abraham and his son Isaac, so there is this close love, this tenderness, this wonderful openness between God the Father and God the Son. It said in John 1.18, John 1.18, John 1.18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And in Proverbs 8.30, Proverbs 8.30, the Lord Jesus speaks. Then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. And then he speaks of how the Father loves him in John 3.35, John 3.35. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. Then we turn the next page. Then we come to the fourth picture, and that's of just as Abraham did not distance himself from Isaac when he knew that he had to kill him, all the more Abraham expressed his love to Isaac. So God the Father did not distance himself from God the Son when he became a man to die for our sins. And right when he starts out his ministry, which is a ministry that's heading for the cross, and he says, it is his baptism in Matthew 3.17, low a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In Matthew 17, 5, the same thing. Behold, a bright cloud overshadows them. They're on the Mount of Transfiguration. And behold, a voice out of heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Then we stand back, we turn the next page. We got another fifth picture here. And just as Abraham was completely open with Isaac and didn't hide the fact that he was the sacrifice, so God was completely open with God the Son. He said in John 5, 20, John 5, 20, for the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth. Then we step back, we turn the next page, we see the sixth picture, and that's of just as Isaac completely trusted his father, Abraham. So God completely, God the Son completely trusted God the Father when he said in Matthew 26, 42, Matthew 26, 42, he went away again the second time and prayed saying, oh my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. That's trust, that's trust. When he gave up the ghost, he said, into thy hands I commend my spirit. That's trust, that's trust. Then we turn to the next page, the seventh picture of just as Isaac obeyed Abraham by becoming the sacrifice, so God the Son obeyed the Father by becoming the sacrifice. It says in Hebrews 5, 7, Hebrews 5, 7, who in the days of his flesh, the Lord Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, 
though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And then he said in John 8, 29, John 8, 29, he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And then we step back, we turn the eighth picture, and the eighth picture is clear, and it says, we see that just as Isaac clearly understood that he was gonna be the lamb, just as Isaac fully agreed to be the lamb with the echad, with Abraham, just as Isaac was willing to become the sacrifice, so God, so God the Son, fully agreed with Echad, with God the Father, to, and be willing, he was totally willing to become the sacrifice. He said in, in Luke 19.10, Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In Matthew 3.17, as we said, he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Then we look at the ninth picture. The ninth picture is that just as there was no resistance from Isaac. No resistance when he was bound. No resistance when he was laid on the altar. No resistance when he sees the flash of the steel, the sunlight off the steel of the knife above him. No resistance. So there was no resistance from God the Son when he was crucified. Nobody had to hold his hands down. Nobody had to restrain him. It says in John 10, 17, John 10, 17, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my father. And then Isaiah 50, verse six, describes what his position was when he was being beaten. And it says in Isaiah 50, verse six, I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to them that plucked off the beard. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. And then we turn back, and we turn now to the 10th picture, the 10th picture. Just as Abraham, who raised his knife, he was the one who was going to sacrifice his son. So it was God the Father who sacrificed his son, as it says in Isaiah 53, 10, Isaiah 53, 10. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And Romans 8, 32, Romans 8, 32. Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things. And then the last picture, the 11th picture, just as Isaac rose up off of that altar of death to live again, so it was with the Lord Jesus Christ who rose from the dead in victorious resurrection to live forever. Now, we see all these things and we say, oh, this is a lot to take in. This is heavy. This is heavy. How do I, what do I do? What's my response to all this? How do I process it? How do I personally, how do you personally, how do we personally respond to God? And the best response is verse 12. The best response is verse 12. Just a little change. Where we say the words of verse 12. Now I know that thou lovest me, God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Let's pray. Father, we do. We know you love us because you didn't withhold your son. You knew Abraham loved you because he didn't withhold his son. Now, Lord, we know you love us because you didn't withhold 
your son. Thank you for these pictures that you've painted for us in Genesis 22. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.